podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. They may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty, but they like to talk about Cardiff City. It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny and not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny. Night before the international break as Wales played Gibraltar tomorrow night and we're recording a podcast because we forgot to do it at the weekend because we were all busy doing other stuff. Joining me as usual, Ben Price, Tom Phillips, here to talk about the Watford game. Ben Price, how are you? I'm very well, mate. Hot and sweaty after seeing your face. Well, what can I say? This is like OnlyFans, but private, isn't it? No one else can see what we can see. Um, Tom, how are you? A bit disturbed by that, but fine. (laughs) Otherwise, thank you. (laughs) Um, I mean, the only fans reference is because we we can see each other recording this, but you as listeners can never see our faces unless you see us at a game or whatever it is. I don't know. It's 20 past nine. Let's get on with the podcast. It's late. We're all tired. Let's take some excitement into the pod. Only one game to talk about this week, and that's the Watford game from the weekend, which was a diabolical one-all draw. Um, Ben, let's start with you. Um, obviously it wasn't the best game in the world Um, I think we came away with a point which we were probably happy to take at the time Um, but it felt like a similar pattern to the Borough game didn't it It kind of started well dominated the early possession kept the ball well but then kind of faded into the game Um, what do you put it down to is it tiredness is it lack of squad rotation is it just we were desperate for the international break what's your view I think it's a mix of everything wasn't it it was players I, I think like a lot of the mistakes down to tiredness, but some of them were just very, very sloppy, even early on. I don't think they were tiredness. I think it was just, or like physical tiredness, I think it was more mental fatigue. The lads need this break massively. Yeah. And it's come at like the perfect time. And it's not like the worst result in the world. And there was a massive overreaction at the end of the game by some fans. But yeah, look, I think it's not a game that's ever going to live long in the memory, but I don't think it's a game we're going to look back on and say, oh, that was uh, a missed opportunity. No, and I think you have to take into account how good Watford are. You know, they've already extended Ishmael's contract um, because they're, you know, in 17th, 18th in the table, which is absolutely a fantastic result for Watford. So they're a good side. And that's what we have to be thankful for, that we got the point. Um, Tom, our goal came through uh, our centre-halves again. Um, Mark McGuinness with uh, what can only be described as a scissor kick. Um, Great volley. I thought it was a really um, clever bit of movement from him on the corner. Seemed to ghost in at the back post. Um, First, you know, we've scored a couple of goals now from set pieces. Gutas against Coventry, McGuinness against Sunderland, now McGuinness against Watford. Isn't it crucial that we are getting these goals back from set pieces? We said we lacked it last year. Now we're already on three in the last couple of games. It's it's, it's big, isn't it? Yeah, exactly that. It's what we missed last year. You know, it's what we've relied on, like, over the last decade, probably, is being, like, good in both boxes. And, yeah, if we're going to threaten the top half of the table, then we need to take advantage of set pieces. It's it's nice to see us moving back to some dominating centre-backs, you know, adding a bit of height in there. And McGuinness and Gutas are just massively dangerous. You know, I wouldn't want to pick them up, mainly because I'm shit at football. But also, like, they, they're, just, they're just an absolute presence. You know, yeah. we're, we're starting to get that excitement back when we've got a set piece now. Last year, it was just like, OK, we've got a corner, we're going to do absolutely nothing with it. But, you know, it, it just adds, you know, a bit of uh, dynamism, like, in, in the stands as well as a bit of excitement, like, on the pitch when we get in that situation. So, it, no, it's, it's great to see us scoring goals in that situation again. Um, ben, we've already kind of talked about sloppiness, the way we played, but 
I, I watched the game and it just felt like we were the masters of our own downfall, didn't it? Um, it felt like we couldn't pick a pass at times. It felt like we were under-hitting passes, over-hitting passes. It felt like we couldn't, you know, kind of see, um, we couldn't kind of piece together any play, really. Um, at times, it was quite comedic, wasn't it, watching us try to play football? Yeah, I think after we scored, it turned into like 55 minutes of Sideshow Bob and the Simpsons walking on the rakes. Yeah. And just, to, just determined to like do ourselves in. Every, everything was just, how difficult can we make this for ourselves? Because like the commentary said it, um, throughout every sort of chance Watford had came from us just being really sloppy and just yeah. not paying attention, switching off or just a loose pass. It was like we were determined to... like. Any other league, I think they'd call it match fixing. It was <laughs> sometimes that bad. It was outrageous, some of the decisions that we were making. Not just Almick with his goal, but sort of Perry NG, some of his, his passes, like back passes were short. Same yeah. with uh, his Gutas. Although Gutas sort of has been brilliant recently, he did switch off a lot against Watford. Well, we've already said it about Gutas, haven't we, that he's he's got a mistake in him and, and he is the kind of player who will make those mistakes. But what we should say about Gutas is, um, you know, talking about the season, he's currently leading the way in terms of interceptions in the Skybet Championship this season. 27 interceptions so far this season. Uh, it's one ahead of Wesley Hoyt, who plays for Watford. Um, so I don't want to criticise him too much and he's very handsome. So 22 of those were chasing his own touch, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's made a mistake and he's getting it back. Um <laughs> And, and Tom, you know, I was half joking at the top about how good Watford have been this season because it's baffling that they've given Ishmael a new contract when they are sitting where they are. But, you know, Watford do what Watford do. Um, they weren't even that good on Saturday, were they? They, you know, they probably passed the ball a bit better than us, but that's because we were determined to fuck it up for ourselves. But it just felt like it was inevitable that they were going to score. I genuinely didn't realise you were joking earlier. I thought you had just gone absolutely mad. I was, about no, to, yeah. I was about to clip in, but I was like, it's a bit early. It's like a minute and a half into the pod. I can't start laying into him. I'm glad no, you could have, if you wanted. I was just being sarcastic. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're a shambles again, aren't they? Like, yeah, it's a, they've given they've given this like this contract Ishmael, but like the twentieth in the league, and I think that's why it's a little bit of a frustrating one. But I don't know. You never got into a Watford game. I don't know whether we should be battering them four 0 or we're going to get battered four 0 by them. They're such yeah. a strange club, but and they've just got this full of like this squad's full of players who, on paper, you think, oh, that's a class player there, and it just never seems to work out. But you know, it, it was a hideous performance, but we definitely got away with one. They, they they weren't good. We were definitely the masters of our own downfall, but they missed some absolute glaring chances to win that game. Like, well, the we create stuff as well, though. That's that's the bit that sort of, especially sort of the first, first 60 minutes, like Grant probably could have scored two. Yeah. Definitely mm. should have at least one when he sort of threw one-on-one and there's a player behind him. He sort of slams over. over the bar. Yeah, um, Like, we had plenty of opportunities. There's chances for people to follow in from set pieces. We probably could have got a couple more goals there. Um, Joe, Joe Rawls delivery recently has been outstanding as well. I think that's been a big help. Yeah. for these set-piece goals is we're actually beating the first man on corners and free kicks, which Wintel, I don't think, has done since he's been at the club. But um, it's just, yeah, it's such a weird thing, isn't it? They're a proper football manager. You'd pick them a football manager, but wouldn't pick them a real-life club, Watford. Yeah, I, I, I forgot about the chances we had, because obviously the Carl and Grant one is he, he, he made an absolutely brilliant opportunity for himself and got through from the halfway line. And all he had to do was have a bit of composure at the end. He'd done all the hard work and he still managed to smack it over. There was the one where I think it was Ugbo followed in 
um, on a on a goalie save, and he kind of um, just couldn't get anything on the ball. So you're right, we could have still won that game, but the mistakes we made then were the reason that we lost that game, weren't they? I think the one you've highlighted already was the NG mistake that almost gave him a goal, which I still don't know how their striker didn't score that because he got around Armwick, got it to the byline, and instead of shooting, he tried to pull it back for someone and then somehow got gave it away for a goal kick. Um, it kind of summed up the game, didn't it? Yeah, I think the last Gutas coming back and winning it and then somehow flicking it off him as well, I thought was just class. It's quick reactions, that sort of bailing your teammate out there. And that's really encouraging to see. But again, yeah, they, but they are uh, Tom Ince's. How Tom Ince yeah. doesn't score a winner. Yeah, yeah. Thank God. They deserve to be where they are. Like, that was a horrific miss. That's one of the worst I think I've seen since Mopai's. Well, for me, it's, it's just... the best I've ever seen because it was Tom Ince and he's a cock. Yeah, that's true. I don't know if he's a cock or if it's just I despise his old man so much. I really can't work it out. I don't know a lot about him. <laughs> well, other, other I, than he should have played for Inter Milan but went to Blackpool. Yeah, I, you know, I imagine he doesn't like his old man as well because I think he was acting as his agent for a while, wasn't he? And he gave him some pretty DOS advice by the looks of things. Um, he's, he's hardly had the best career, has he? I think Watford's probably the best club he's ended up playing for. Yeah, it probably is. That's a worrying sign there. Yeah. Towards the end of his career as well. Um, but yeah, we, it's just, like I said, anything we could have done to gift Watford a goal, um, we tried and it, we literally had to lay on a plate for him in the end. Yeah. Um, Tom, anything we could do, we did do, and Alnwick laid it on a plate for him. Um, I don't want to criticise Alnwick too much. He's been brilliant this season. He's rightly had the number one jersey. He's rightly been starting every game. It was an uncharacteristic error from him. But I guess the question I would ask is somebody who has played in goals at a high level, uh, Kamarden, wasn't it? Um, under 14s? Yeah, so, yeah, that's probably my yeah. peak. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's higher, higher than all of us have played. Um, uh, just my, my main question is really, what was he doing? Talk us through I, it. You're David I, Priest. You're David Priest analysing a goalkeeper on Twitter. He just switches off. I think he's become so comfortable with getting the ball back off a defender, kind of spraying it the other way, that every now and again, I think you just get a little bit cocky with it. And... Mm -hmm. In, in the long run, it's probably not a bad thing to happen, you know, to get that kind of alertness back. I'm glad it's not cost us the game. But like you said, I, I don't want to lay into him too much because he's been fantastic like the beginning of the season. We didn't expect him to be playing at all, never mind playing at this level um, yeah. as well. And I think you see the players' reactions when it happens as well. They're there to kind of console him and kind of G him up again. They're not trying to yeah. dig him out. And it just shows what they appreciate what he's done for the team so far and that, that kind of spirit is there. So, you know, it's a one-off. How many times do we see Allsop do that last season and, and largely get away with it? It's yeah. just a bit unfortunate that with Alnick, it just feels like one mistake, one goal, which, yeah, it's a pity. Um, ben, do you lay the blame at the goalkeeping top he was wearing? Yeah, I think if he wears the black top, that doesn't happen. I think so as well. I mean, I don't know what he's doing wearing the mint green top. Maybe they haven't worn it enough in goals. But wear the black top, he's fine because the black top's the best one. I completely agree. I think it's just basic. It's basic science, isn't it? Basic science and basic fashion, um, which we all know about. Then um, I guess a couple final points on this game. I think other people have said it, but, you know, compared to where we are last season, you know, even as sloppy as we were, as bad as we were on Saturday, you know, we still could have won the game. Last season, we lost that game at home 2-1 to Watford, but last season's team absolutely loses that game, doesn't it? They capitulate as soon as Arnwick makes the mistake. Yeah, look, it's 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 a telling sign how far we've come and how good this season's been that a point against Watford 
seems like a poor, a poor, really poor result, and we're all a bit disappointed. Um, this time last year, we'd be bouncing at that point. If we we'd be in Watford's position, absolutely buzzing with that result. So it's just one of those things that we move on and sort of hope we recover f- over this international break and just put it behind us. That's the key thing I think with these last two performances. Do you say we dust ourselves down and go again? We do, and we have a good journey home, not a shit journey home. Who do we draw in our eleventh? Who do we draw with in our eleventh game last season? Though this is a pop quiz for you because that was our eleventh game. Who do we draw last season in our eleventh game of the season? Burnley. Burnley. So it's a worse result than that, isn't it? It's a worse result than that, isn't it? Yeah, we've gone back. Get some back in. Um, Tom, because we've gone backwards, does that mean that the booing was justified then? Oh, of course. Now the booing's absolute madness, isn't it? Like, it's yeah. home draw. Like, we've well, we won four from six at home, and like the one we lost was that QPR game, which was an absolute shambles. To be fair, I think that's the only real bum note on like our first half of the season. So to be to be booing when we've witnessed like what we've witnessed at home, and we've seen the Swansea result and stuff like that, it's. It's a spoiled fan base. How are we a spoiled fan base after like the two years we've had leading up to this? It's it does beg a belief, doesn't it? A little bit like people think it's appropriate to boo at the end of that. Well, you know, booing when we're eighth in the league, uh, one point off the playoffs, effectively three points off third place. Um, bearing in mind we spent most of the summer going, yeah, I'd be happy with 18th and 19th. Um, it says a lot about it says two things really for me. Um, one that uh, you know Errol Bullet has raised expectations amongst the fan base already but two we have zero fucking perspective as a fan base and we can't remember that last season was probably the worst season we've had on the pitch for so long that we're now booing when we're <laughs> drawing with Watford um look at who's missing look at the players missing in this situation as well to get this result and where we are we're missing the best midfielder in the league um our first choice wingers Ugly under O'Dowder and Bola aren't fit. Yeah. We haven't really got an out and out striker. It's just madness, the sort of attitude and the entitlement of some of our fans with that to boo after what those players, the shift those players put in. It wasn't as if they weren't trying hard to get like the result and stuff. They were just fucked. They were just absolutely knackered. Yeah, that's probably that's a good point. Yeah. Oh, it's just. We I don't just, deserve I'm, nice things I, at times. No, we don't deserve nice things. This is why we can't have nice things because, like, uh, I've you know I've been there previously where people like people fans have booed Peter Whittingham as he's been substituted off and things like that. But like, we don't boo at the right times. You know, when things are going terribly, we're apathetic and we walk away from the game silently. Booing when we're eighth in the league just it, it kind of sums up how ridiculous our fan base can be at times. We're, we're two extremes to one another, aren't we? From last season, like I said, where we were so bad to this season that to that we think we can boo after a quarter of the season. It's it's ridiculous. Arguably, Mick like McCarthy I'm... played. Sorry, Van Gogh. Mick McCarthy played five centre backs against against West Brom. We got battered all game, and there was less booing at full time then than there was after that Watford game. Yeah. It just blows my mainly because most people are fucked off, but still. I think that, as I said, I don't even think he got booed off when we lost to Middlesbrough, which is the last game he 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 managed for us. I think most people were just so fed up at that point they were just like. Fuck off. I've had enough. Go on, Tom. I think, like, sometimes our best atmosphere, atmospheres are when we are completely gash. 
it's like we'll go, oh, we're too bad to boo now. We need to get behind them. And then there's this weird middle ground in between when we're good and bad where I think our fan base is split where some people are a plight clap. We've got a point from another one's like, oh, I think this is a boo moment and panic. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we need to write down some rules of like when to boo. When the booing rules. Yeah, the booing rules. You know, <laughs> we'll, have, we'll have to get them done in the international break and hand them out to CCS. All right, uh, that'll be for us to work on. We'll work on the boo, the ten booing commandments. Um, you can only boo here. You can't boo there. That kind of thing. Um, let's let's carry on the conversation about our season so far. Um, we're about a quarter of the way through eleven games. Um, you know, going into the second international break of the season. Um, international breaks probably come at the right time, as we've already said. Our players are looking tired. Um, some of the players are going off for international duty. People like Sea Office, people like Runnison, they're going off. Jamalou Collins is staying behind. So there's going to be a chance for players to actually get some rest. I know Ryan Wintle's already on holiday. Looks like he's in France. Looks very nice. Um, but let's talk about our season so far, Ben. How would you rate our season so far? Is it booing or is it not booing? It's definitely not booing. Um, oh, why'd you boo then? I heard you booed on Saturday. I was saying boo earns. Oh, yeah. I was saying boo lut. <laughs> No, go on. Talk about, yeah. How do you rate our season so far? I just want to do niche Simpson references now. Um, okay. We're most I'm vocal on the niche Simpson references. My wife <laughs> keeps asking tight. me. Go on, carry on. Uh, I think it's been good, isn't it? All in all, do you want like a score out of ten, or how, how do you want uh, me to rate you it? Give me a score out of ten if you want. I'll go seven. No, eight out of ten. Eight out of like, ten. Go on, give me what, a justification the lead, for the eight. The Leeds, the Leicesters, if sort of get something from those games or a bit more, it's, you're pushing nine, 9.5, but yeah, the QPR brings it down. All right, Tom, what would you rate it out of 10 so far? Yeah, I was going to say seven and a half, and I, that's probably a little bit harsh. Like, I think yeah, that, that QPR one sticks in my mind, I think. It's just... We we I know it was early in the season, but we kind of lacked ideas and we looked a little bit all over the place. And you know, when you add that Watford one where we were, you know, we looked a bit all over the place again. I think we can't get a little bit, we can't be giving like nines at the moment when we're outside the playoffs and we've had performances like that. I think, yeah, learning to hold on to a lead against like the teams in the in the top end of the table could yeah. become huge as the season goes on as well, because we stepped off, we lacked intensity, but we have kind of rectified that as the season's gone on. So I'm giving a 7.5 because I think there's room for improvement. And I hope that we, you know, when we're looking at halfway through this season, we've got a chance to say, you know, nine out of 10 and hopefully can improve a little bit again. I'd agree with that. And I also think there needs to be some consideration for the fact we have had quite a tough start. When you look at the teams we've played so far this season, obviously we started with Leeds, then we had Leicester, then we had Ipswich, then we had Swansea in quite quick succession. Obviously Sunderland are one of the teams that people fancy a lot and we had to go up there to play them. We played Middlesbrough just as they were coming back into form. I think to be where we are after the start of the season we've had, where we've played two of the promotion favourites, you know, Leeds who spent big, um, and we're playing teams who are coming back into resurgence like Middlesbrough. I think eight, eight out of 10 is completely fair. When you look at the coming games, obviously we've got Blackburn who are below us in the table, Huddersfield who are below us in the table, the Bristol Derby, Stoker who are below us in the table. 
I hope that what we've done in the first half of the season feeds into how we then take this into the, the, the next quarter of the season, sorry. Because the, we've played well in fits and sp- in starts. We played really well against, um, you know, against Swansea, for example. We put in one of the best performances of the season against Leeds away. We were brilliant for that first half, but it was just the second half where we, we showed our naivety. So I think we've got learnings that we can take from the first quarter of the season to take it to the second quarter of the season that will push us even further at the table if we can carry on the form. Um Obviously, Ben, we're in eighth position. Uh, we've won five, drawn two, lost four, scored 17, conceded 15. Last season, it took us so much longer to get to that sort of level of goals. I think we've scored in every game this season, apart from um, the Middlesbrough uh, away game. Um, you know, we're seen as one of the entertainers of the league. Um, if you look at the FOTMOB ratings, we're the sixth best team in the league according to their ratings. XG of about 15, so we're slightly above where our XG is. Overall, would you say... I think I know the answer, but we're ahead of where we you thought we would be, right? Yeah, look, I think from what we learned last year, scoring goals is the most difficult part. I think our defensive record last year was pretty sound. I think we were sort of the best, one of the better ones out of the bottom half. It was scoring goals as the issues. We brought yeah. players in to address that, and they've done just that. We've become a bit more attack, we've become a bit more open, and we're going to concede more goals. But as you go along and these teams build up, you can really sort of cut those mistakes out and sort of get a better insight, whichever relationships build and those sort of stops. So we're miles ahead of where I thought we'd be. Honestly, I thought if we were sort of towards the bottom, like the top end of the bottom half, it would have been a really good result sort of the way this season sort of looked like it was going to start on paper. So yeah, I'm buzzing sort of the way we're playing football, the goals we're scoring. It's, it's all good things, isn't it? Um, Tom, obviously, when you get a new manager in, when any manager comes in, when a season starts, you kind of always look to the kind of 10-game mark. Um, and you think that's when we're going to judge a manager. That's when we're going to see when he starts coming into the zone. Obviously, 11 games, whatever it may be, quarter of the season gone. Has Bullet surprised you? Has this team surprised you? Has Did you have any, you know, where did you think we would be at this stage? Did you think we'd be properly at the table still? Well, I said plucky eight, so I'm absolutely bang on so far. So... Uh, no, I think like Bully has a. I wouldn't say surprised me. We just didn't know. I think it's one yeah, of those. He was unknown, like, wasn't he? Yeah, and I think a lot of us were hopeful because it felt like when you bring in the likes of Hudson and Morrison, you do know that it's mediocrity. Yeah. It's an unproven manager. We brought in someone here with you know European caliber, and we were hoping that it's going to be you know a person who fits into our club because sometimes it can be disastrous. Sometimes we can go flying, and I think like we're just below that flying bit. I think. He's come in, he's instilled his ideas. The players are buying into it, the fans are buying into it. And, you know, it's not often you kind of, yeah, despite the booze, like it's not often you'd ask, I think, if you did a poll of 100 fans, I'd say 99 fans would say, you know, they're more like Bullet has exceeded expectations or they're happy with Bullet, there's no problem in getting rid of him sort of thing. I don't think there's any sort of split whatsoever. And, you know, I, I've thoroughly enjoyed watching this this year as well. It's not just the results, like... I think, like we're saying, um, Ben was saying he's enjoyed the goals. I think there's more goals to come from us. I think the only kind of real split I've seen is about Carlin Grant, really. And I think he's a prime example of someone where I think there's more to come. I think he's he's been, you know, he adds a bit of flair. He's skillful. He gets into the box, but he lacks a bit of, like, composure in the final third. But we've seen in past seasons he can develop that composure. So I think he is like a prime example of what can come from this squad. They're performing really, really well, but there's that little bit of a finishing touch that if we do find that finishing touch, then we could find ourselves knocking the door of the playoffs come the end of the season. 
Um, on Bullet Ben, um, I think when he came in, I think we all saw how confident he was and how kind of assured he was in himself. I think he's growing in confidence with the, you know, with the, with his press conferences, with the fans, everything. You can see that he's kind of grown into the role. I think everyone, everyone thought he was the right man when he came in, despite having no idea who he was. It just felt like it was going to work. Has he just reassured you that he is the right man? Is he the kind of person that we should be doing what Watford are doing and trying to secure him for a longer deal? Because, you know, we have got, I think he's, a first year with another year, that's the kind of contract he's got. But should we be trying to tie him down now? We did the same with Mick McCarthy, but that's because we all got scared that he was going to go to Celtic. That would have been a joy if he'd gone to Celtic. Um, but would you be looking to tie him down for even longer now, even though we're only 11 games into the season? I'd sort of leave it to sort of the Christmas period, sort of just after that, look to sort of see where we are then and sort of the plans for January and long-term look at where we want to see the club before I'd sort of like give him a new contract. But, but he understands the club. He gets the fans... He won the derby. It's all positive stuff. It's not perfect. I still think there's issues. He does. He likes a pint um, on dodgy pool tables, but it's it's not been perfect. I think there's still issues with the substitutions. He's got a couple of things wrong. I think he'll admit that himself. I think his tactics got cost us a result against Ipswich. I think it's sort of those sort of things show there's room for improvement there as well. And that's a really good thing. It would be a bit of a worry if we sort of 11 games in and this was all there was. I think part of what's keeping me interested and keeping me excited is knowing there's more to come from him, there's more to come from the players. Um, and with the potential signing players for cash in January, it's uh, again, it's an exciting thing. And just, yeah, I think Bullet's massively the right man and he just, he fits. I don't think like our managers over the last few years, when was the last one you look at and go, he fits the club? Warnock fitted. But since then, Neil Harris didn't, lovely bloke, did a good job. I just don't think he really fit. Same with sort of McCarthy definitely didn't. Steve Morrison didn't. Hudson, it just didn't work out. It's just sort of everything sort of feels like it's in the right place right now. You're telling me that you don't think people like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer fit at the club? You're telling me that Russell Slade didn't fit at the club? I thought he did. I thought Russell Slade probably did actually. (laughs) For the time, yeah. For the time. Um... Tom, where else can we improve? Obviously, Ben touched upon it there with the you know the Ipswich game. I think in some of those early games, we weren't confident enough in the way we played. We kind of tried to absorb attacking play when we should have just tried to play on the front foot a little bit more. Obviously, the QPR game was a bit shambolic. Um, he has made some pretty ropey substitutions at times. Is there is there anything else we can improve? Because to be talking like this after eleven games is 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 a far a, a, it feels so far removed from last season that it almost feels churlish to say that he can improve. I, yeah, I think I touched on it earlier, but I think we can score more goals. I think with the attacking talents we've got in that team, I think we can score more. I think with the likes of Bowler coming back or Dowder coming back, having a few more options out wide, those goals will come. Um, I think we can still be a little bit more short of the back. I think we are still conceding a few goals, not, not droves, but... That is the one area in terms of, I think we we might have gone a little bit backwards compared to where we were last year. But I think that's because we are looking to be more, you know, more intense going forward. So there's a bit of give and take with that. Um, and I think just, I still don't think we've really strung many like 90 minute performances together. You know, we've had late collapses, we've had bad early starts. And I think, I think that's a combination of the bad substitutes and changing tactics as well. I think that kind of feeds into it. But it'd be great to see 
like a 90 minutes where we dominate from start to finish, score a hat full of goals and leave our stadium thinking, you know, there's nothing more we could do, have done today. So, yeah, I think there's still room for improvement across the board, really. A uh, little pop quiz on our last start in 11. Um, who is the only player, apart from the keeper, obviously, in that start in 11 who hasn't had a goal or an assist? So in our last start in 11, which was NG, Gutas, McGuinness, Collins, Raul, Siopis, Wintel, Tanner, Ugbo, Grant. Who's the only player in that team who hasn't had a goal or an assist? This is great podcast. Siopis. Listen to that silence. Siopis, yeah. Siopis was my... Siopis. Of the the start in the lineup from last game, you've got... And I think, for me, that's where the improvement has come from this season. It's taken us back to where we were when we got promoted under Warnock. The goals are coming from across the team. The the assists and the contributions are coming from across the team. When you look, NG's got a goal and assist. Gutas has got a goal. McGuinness has got two goals. Riles is back in the assist. We didn't seem to do last season. Wintle, despite all the criticisms for him, you know, he is playing out of position, but he's got goals and assists. Um, you know, Tanner got a goal. Ugbo still our top scorer with three, even though people are, you know, saying he's not having the best season. So you're right that more goals can come, but I think there should be that praise as well for the fact that he's addressed it in the short term, that goals are coming from across the pitch. We've still got people like Callum Robinson to come back in as well. Um, ben, I think when we talk about the club, I think it's 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 great that whatever's happening on the field is happening, but we should talk about how well the club seems to be being run at the moment as well. You know, we, we've all been very critical of the club on this podcast. Last season, if you listen to most of the second half of the season episodes, every week we're lambasting the club for some kind of crisis that has happened. But this year, there's been almost weekly news, which has been exciting, hasn't there? Obviously, the club are dealing with the, um, the, the rightly, they've paid the money for Salah and now are trying to claw it back through the French courts. They've got the insurance case done. They're, they're, they're progressing that in the right way. They're also getting contracts tied down. We've seen McGuinness, Tanner, um, you know, the Colwell brothers have all signed new contracts. How refreshing is that to see as, you know, as, as, as we podcasted last season? The difference is massive, isn't it? Yeah, it's just new energy around the club, isn't it? It's, and it's got to be reassuring for players as well. Sort of, I'd imagine it can't be easy last the last few years. The players in the last year of their contract not knowing whether they're going to get a deal or they've got to wait until the summer. It's, it can't be nice. So everything's sort of coming in and sort of the club looking at being proactive with everything. Like, Christ, we're trying to sign players on free agents. Like, we haven't done that for years. We've missed out on a target and sort of clearly build into January as well. The club's massively proactive now and energised. And it all, again, like, what we said about the criticism last season from the club is it all comes from the top. Yeah. And this is proof that when the top are engaged and really energised, the good things come from the bottom and it filters through again. And that's massive. Um, it can't be underestimated. You look at clubs that are in bad ways, look at Reading, look at other clubs like that where the ownership is in complete disarray. They're only going one way and it's really sad to see. So for us to not be a banter club for the first time in years is wicked. Um, I'm not worried about Reading. I don't feel sad about that. Um, um, they, they, I think they, they have another point deduction this week, Reading. Yeah, they've had two points deductions already this season. Fucking hell. Um, Tom, let's talk about player of the season so far. Obviously, only 11 games into the season. Um, who's who stood out for you so far? I think like the early stages, it was Siopis. I think it was something new, exciting, but I think he's probably levelled off a little bit. Or been a little bit inconsistent. Um, I think you've got the likes of like a Tete, who's come in, scored a couple of goals where he, you know, we like we mentioned in previous pods, we thought he'd be shipped out on loan. 
But I think for me, it's McGuinness. I think he's been he's been solid at the back. He's chipping pillar in of strength. Yeah, and just his attitude. You know, you know, he's still so young, and you know, you can tell why he's been touted as being like future captain and things like that. Yeah. Like after, even after he scored on the weekend, the way he kind of like just gathered people over with him and called them in and just the determination he seemed to have in his face. He, he like It's the classic, he gets it. And that's what you want from your centre-back, isn't it? Someone who is an absolute powerhouse in, in the box, like smashing goals in like that as well. That's a good finish as yeah. well. It's not like a bundled it's head. It's a striker finish. The one the week before, he hit them on the head and he didn't know about it. And then he's followed, <laughs> up, and then he's followed up this week with a scissor kick. You know, he's got everything. And... You know, I think this is what we were crying out for. And we thought he had it in him. I think that's why the loan move seemed weird at the time. But he's come back as well. And he hasn't demanded a move to go elsewhere. He's, you know, he's kind of buckled down and just got on with it. And I, I think for that reason, I think he's been our standout player um, this season. He's 22. It's mad. I still find that mad. He's defender as well. He's got his teeth done as well, isn't he? Got his that's aligners. That's, that's nice for Mark. Uh, ben, who would you say your player of the season is? You're not allowed to say McGuinness now. I'm not going to say him. Um, this is going to sound like stupid, oh. like the player that surprised me the most, but Andy it's Ramsey. I knew it. Andy, oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Forgot him. laughs> yeah, I, yeah I, I mean, yeah. He's coming. He's just like the energy we're talking about from the top. Ramsey's brought that in abundance on the pitch and just feels like everything stepped up when he came into the club and stepped on the pitch like that first for the like everything he's done has just been a bit of a class like I knew he'd be good I knew he'd have an influence but like I wasn't expecting him to be this instant and sort of have this much of an impact and you can see now he's off he's sort of out for the next few weeks you can sort of see that midfield's lacking that bit of quality lacking that bit of skill um so yeah it's just He's come in, hit the ground running and done absolutely brilliantly. It's a shame we're going to miss him for a few weeks, to be honest. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I agree. Um, there's a couple of probably honourable mentions for people like Atete, who we've all said has surprised us this season. NG, I think, is in the who scored team of the season. Has been brilliant at full-back after reverting there from centre-half last season. I think Olmwick deserves a shout-out as well because he yeah. kind of came in, you know, came in from the cold, as it were, um, almost got shipped out for Runnison immediately, but came back in and was, you know, has been brilliant since then, apart from obviously the mistake on Saturday. So I think it's nice, though, that we can actually highlight five or six players who are playing really well. Even, you know, we haven't mentioned him in this. Gutas, like we say, has been brilliant in the last few weeks. Yes, he's probably still got mistaken him. Rawls is getting back to his best, um, you know, Carl and Grant has been uh, getting better and better week on week. It's nice that we can actually highlight six or seven players and go, we've actually got some players who perform in this season rather than last season looking around going, maybe, sorry, Kappa. That was it really, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, even even the year before, it was like who came in on loan and did okay for the second half of the season. Um, it's well, been... the last two years, the last player of the season has been someone that's coming in January and saved our asses. It was Kappa yeah, last it was year and Drama. And Drama the year before, yeah. Um, this season we could have a multitude of players going up for it um, final point coming back after the international break got Blackburn obviously we'll talk about those games in a bit but Tom, Ben I'll come to you first Tom are there any changes you'd be looking to make for that is there anything you'd be working on over the next couple of weeks to, to kind of iron anything out with, with the team yeah good Tom I said both your names but I think I said <laughs> um, to be honest with you I think when we, when we were looking at breaks earlier in the season, we were like, oh, they, they need to gel. You know, it'd be good to have time in the field together. Now, I think it is just rest up. I'm, I'm, I don't think as much we need to change. I think it's more of the same. I think he's in, you know, bullets instilled what he wants from those players. 
we, mm-hmm. the belief is there, the plan is there. I think we just need to put our feet up a little bit because we look mentally and physically tired over the last probably two or three games. It's clearly taken us out of us. We've got injuries as it is, so we can't rotate. So, yeah, not changing anything, just, yeah, chill a little bit and fingers crossed that anyone who goes away on international duty doesn't get cropped. Ben, anything you change? Uh, yeah, I'd just like to see a bit more rotation. I think, I know we've had the injuries and stuff like that, but you look at the squad, I think near enough, most of that squad have played near enough every game, at least in mm-hmm. some form. Most have started every game from the starting 11. So um, it's getting us into a position where we're able to rotate and sort of bring a few more players in. It was interesting to bring, it's like you see players like Sawyer's coming in from the cold and getting a run out against Watford. Um, I think until he leaves the club and he's probably going to happen in January, let's make use of him and sort of do what we can to keep the like, freshness going because, yeah, it's, become a, it's not become, I don't want to say it's become stale because that sounds like it's been negative, but we just need those fresh legs, I think, at times. And yeah, also place look at someone else in the 10, not Wintle. Uh, Wintle's in Nice, by the way. He's having a nice time in Nice. Oh, Nice. Uh, presume he's not trying to sign for Nice in replacement of Aaron Ramsey. Um, right. I asked Twitter um, for their reflections on the season so far. Um, let's start with uh, Pep. Chris Peplo, why the fuck are our fans booing a team placed eighth in the league? Would have snapped your hand off for this to be in the position before the season started. Played some of the toughest teams in the league, a momentous um, South Wales derby win. Get the players back after a rest and we go again. Um, Morgan L says, if we stick with Errol and back him properly, it's a matter of when and not if we go up. And just as important, he'll be good enough to keep us up. Tom, do you agree with that statement? Yeah, on. Um, Ollie James especially after the last game why is our fan base so reactionary we've come a long way since last season are doing well in my opinion keep up the good work too boys um, Ben we've talked about how the team's improved do you think we've improved as a podcast yeah I think we gelled more I think it's we worked a, a lot smoother, in the season didn't we yeah I think like pitch. trained hard Tom's finally got a decent mic all of yeah. those are just <laughs> all of those are just little improvements and we've just sort of all come together um, we've got slick with the adverts. Yeah. Um, all of it's just worked out. And yeah, I think now we need to be rewarded with a new contract and people paying us more money. Yeah. So if you want to pay us more money, Kofi, KOFI.com forward slash VFT Ninian. I'll give you my bank account as well if you want to chuck some money in there. <laughs> uh, Stephen Will would have bitten your hand off for this tally at the beginning of the season. And finally, the football is enjoyable to watch again. But struggling to understand the amount of silly mistakes and individual errors in games. And we've thrown away far too many leads. Oliver Reese, I think we've balanced out our results. So on the whole, so far, so good. think the forward line could have one or two more additions in January, and I think we could be up there. Gareth Dunning, way ahead of schedule, but with that comes higher expectations from the fans. No reason why we can't kick on if the injury list is reduced and we invest correctly in January. We will lose games. All sides lose games. How the team and fans react to, pl- react to that will play a huge part. Diff MJ, part of the process, before the last international break, we were good on the ball and poor off it. And this spell, we've been good off it and poor on it, especially lately. It's early days, so no need to panic, especially with our injuries, but it's about bringing both sides of it together. Lee Spear says, missing Ramsey for all the recent games has certainly had a huge impact, but overall, I think we've got to be happy. Big improvements from last seasons. However, I'm getting a little bit worried. Our goals are going to dry up if Errol continues with Wintel, Rolls and Siopis. Um, we've talked about this a few, a little bit, um, Tom. Wintel obviously getting a little bit stick, playing out of position. I don't think he's doing badly, but he's obviously not a 10, so it's always going to be a little bit of a struggle. Is there anything you changed there? Who would you put in? Would you bring Colwell in? Would you, I don't know, anyone else? I th- I, it is harsh on Wintle. I think he's done all right. Like, 
we we are just running running low on players at the moment, and I get why he's yeah. tried it. Like he's a good footballer, he can pick our pass, and yeah, he's looked a little bit uncomfortable at times, but he's probably knackered as well because he's played a lot of football this season. Yeah, I'd love to see Colwell, but I think Bullet like hinted at it that it's probably still too early for him. I still forget how young Colwell is because he's been around on the scene for a while now. Um, he's clearly not playing we can rely on, but I think you you know in the same way that you threw Tanner into the mix and put him you know in in on the field for some big moments in some big games. I think you've got to start blooded in Colwell, and you know it'll deflect away from Wintle a little bit and give us you know a, a fresh perspective and it all. Uh, ben Simon Keane says plucky eighth after eleven is a superb return, but the squad looks knackered. Can we cling on to the top ten until January? What's your view? Yeah, massively. Um, I don't see any reason why we can't be in the round where we are now, if not higher. I think we've got a lot of really tough fixtures out of the way. And this next run of fixtures between the next international, like this international break and the next one, like it's it's a nice opportunity. It's never like, I know it's cliche to say there's no easy games in the championship, but it's a nice little run that every team's below us. All of them have got some sort of issue going on. Um, it's another opportunity to keep this sort of good run going and sort of, again, build the confidence up going into the next break and have another little refresh and go again then. Uh, Bluebird's past work in progress, but have to be happy. Hopefully the break will help us rest up and recover as there were some tired bodies out there against Watford. Still think we could do with a really good number nine to push on. Ugbo ain't it for me. Alex Bennett, I think it will be between playoffs and mid-table, signings in January to hopefully get us over the line. Pete Davis, it is nice to be looking up and we've made some big strides. We desperately need some more players he trusts. We need a striker to complete with a tete as Ugbo offers nothing. Um, Tom, do you agree with the Ugbo slander? Does he offer nothing? He offers something because he's our top scorer with three. <laughs> but I think... No, Tete is. He's got five. Oh, in the league? In the league. In the league, it's still Ugbo. All right, yeah. Anyway, he's, so he offers some threat. <laughs> but yeah, he... I wouldn't, you know, you're not banking on him scoring 20 goals a season here where, you know, the names that we were linked with, you would. So I think, you know, I think he's looked good coming off the bench. He looked clinical in the first few games, but kind of dipped off. And I think we we suggested that even at the time that we were unconvinced by him, even when he was scoring. And it yeah. feels like that unconvinced bit has kind of taken over a little bit recently because, yeah, he... He's a good squad player. You're not relying on him to bag you the the main lump of goals for a season. I still think when Ramsey's back, there's they had a really they started having a really good link up. And I think you know again Ipswich in particular in the second half when we were under pressure, they did quite well to alleviate the pressure. And they looked like they were developing quite a nice understanding. So I'd like to see more of that. I think everyone's going to suffer when Ramsey's not there, but I think he in particular will suffer because they just had that link up Ramsey in the 10 and him in, 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 in the striker all looked like it was going to pay dividends. Ian Ballinger says happy, definitely a step in the right direction. Tired the last two games. So time for a rest, nothing to fear in this division. Adam James says first quarter of the season, very happy. We've got the right manager for the players and good to see confidence increasing off topic with a talk about football on YouTube. Does anyone subscribe to USL on YouTube for some free life football? Can't say I do, but I do subscribe to IST, which is a Canadian football company who film all their five-a-side games and if you want to see some mental tackles i can only recommend that they have videos called like brutalism and barbarism and some of the worst tackles i have ever seen um there's one where a keeper and i'll describe this one because it's funny a striker's running through the keeper's already picked the ball up but he jumps with both feet out and takes the shin of the striker does that once and then the next time the striker's through he does it again when the ball's gone past him for a goal kick 
And it's like, it's like, what are you doing? It's worth a watch. Um, two final questions. Uh, one from Adam. Who do you think we didn't sign due to legal issues? Was it Gary Medine? Uh, who's your guesses for the players who didn't sign because of a legal holdup this week, Tom or Ben? Ben, first. Uh, I want to go with Gary Medine because obviously fight club issues are causing that. Um, but that joke's been taken. Um, but I think it just meant... I, we, I, didn't think it, I think it was a contractual thing rather than he's a criminal. No, I'm going with the criminal idea. It's funnier. Okay, um, good criminal. Chopper might be coming back. I don't know. Has he still got... He's still fit. Well, he was never fit. Uh, no. Tom? I need some backstory on this. I've completely missed this story. What's happened? Oh, Dalman. There was a meeting at the weekend with um, the trust and Dalman, and Dalman said that they'd they'd kind of reneged on a deal. I can't remember if it was reneged or if they'd um, decided against the deal because um, of a, a. I think it was like a, a legal issue in the sense they couldn't ratify the contracts or something like that with a free agent. Oh, uh, I'm going to go. I reckon it was Ryan Giggs. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, Dalman Dalman does love it. Um, that really proved that as a Cardiff City podcast, we've got a finger right on the pulse, hasn't <laughs> it? Because you both looked absolutely bemused by that. Completely missed it. I, I hadn't seen Did that. You? There was some suggestion it could have been someone like Andros Townsend, because obviously he's a free agent at the moment. Mm. Um, I don't know if it was What's... him, but the kind of player who didn't have a club before the transfer window closed and still doesn't have a club. Someone said something about it possibly being a youth player, like an academy player for a previous club that's just been released, and whether there'd be like a compensation issue there and us still being under a transfer embargo, whether we could sign them that, like have to pay a fee that way would have made a bit of sense. Yeah. but um, Or it could have been he was, because obviously you could only sign free agents who hadn't been at a club when the transfer window closed. So someone could have been released. Oh, um, I, I can't remember what it exactly is, but I think I've got it right. So someone could have been released afterwards and we couldn't have signed them, yada, yada, yada. The final oh, question is from Lisa. Massive criminal. Could have been a massive criminal doing fight clubs. And I'm, that. Go- I'm Googling criminal football players now. Well, Gary Medine has just been done for dangerous driving. So, Oh, the first uh, few come up that it's suddenly not that funny. Yeah, let's just like... Ben, let's yeah, not go yeah. with yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Lee Sanders, final question. Um, this is a brain teaser. Um, so get listening because you both looked bemused last time and I need you focused in. Yes, it's 10 o'clock but we're all adults here. I don't go to bed till 11. You are given £2,000 and told to bet on either Ruben Colwell going on to make 400 appearances for Cardiff, scoring 100 goals, or Ruben Colwell being sold to Sheffield Wednesday for about three quarters of a million pounds, plus add-ons in about 18 months, amidst one of the greatest what-happened debates of all time. At this point, which one do you go for? The Wednesday one. I think at the moment, that's the way his career is going. Um, I, I think it's unrealistic though um, I don't think we'd get that much money from I don't think we'd <laughs> strike that good of a deal um, Tom I think you'll score more than 100 goals in 400 games so uh, I think they're both false but it's more likely to be the, the positive one I'd go for that <laughs> why not I, I I believe in Ruben. We all believe in Ruben, so hopefully he'll come good. Um, get your tweets in, or your X's in, or your Zeets in, whatever you want to call it these days, at VFTNinian on Twitter.com. Twitter.com still works, so Twitter.com forward slash VFTNinian. Find us there. We put a call out before each pod. Right, looking ahead to after the international break, I don't want to talk about bald head Robbie Page, um, so let's move on to the Cardiff games. Um, Errol Bullet has a better head of hair. Um, we come back, Ben, in quite quick succession with Blackpool... Uh, Blackpool? Blackburn, it's the Gary Medina effect. Blackburn and Huddersfield in quick succession. Blackburn on the 21st, Huddersfield on the 24th, the Tuesday afterwards. Um, let's talk about Blackburn first. Ben, I keep saying Blackpool. 
Um, it's Blackburn, Blackburn Rovers. Um, last close season, to each they, were other. Ve- they are close to each other. Last season, Blackburn were very Jekyll and Hyde in the sense that they didn't draw a game until quite late on in the season. This season, they're probably punching below where they should be. Obviously, they've lost strikers like Ben Brereton Diaz and lovely Bradley Dak. Um, the 17th in the league, lost to Leicester recently. Uh, they um, lost to Coventry as well, but beat QPR. They beat us in the cup 5 2. Uh, obviously, it was two much changed teams. Is this a game we should be getting a result in? Yeah, I'd like to think we can get three points there. Um, sort of rest up, fresh legs, go again. Um, if you can get three points there, it's a really lovely start, isn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, Tom, uh, what changes are you making for that game? I just hope most of our injured players come back. I'd like to see Bowler in, for example, O'Dowder come in to kind of give us some fresh ideas. Because, you know, I think Blackburn are potentially a dangerous team. They've got the likes of Smoddix and Sigurdsson who've got like who scored goals. Smoddix having a great season. Yeah, and like they're still languishing where they are. So they've clearly got goals in the team, but, you know, they're a team that we can get at. Um, You know, they've conceded, was it, 21 goals this season. So they're not exactly steady at the back. I think I think this next one of fixtures though, you look at it and it, you could either go like, oh, we're playing a team in 14th, 17th, 21st, or no, no, languishing down the bottom of the league, or you go, ah, oh, we're play- we've got three away games and a seven-side derby at home. Yeah. And I, I can't work out whether it's a tough run or one where we should be getting like almost maximum points. I think it just sums up the championship this season where apart from a couple of teams who are running away with it, it's so equal. It's so level, like throughout the team. Start a couple of games, you lose it, and you start falling down the table again. Look at Middlesbrough flying up the table now. Well, see, like it's even Huddersfield, right? So obviously, <clears throat> we're going into this next sort of game just as Huddersfield have lost Warnock as manager and have hired Darren Moore. And Darren Moore did, was brilliant last season at Sheffield Wednesday. He got them firing in so many different ways. And obviously, they got up through the playoffs and wasn't given the opportunity to stay at this year. But if he has a couple of weeks to get his ideas through to Huddersfield, they can start putting together a run with that game. And, you know, yes, they're still 19th in the table as it stands. But all of a sudden, if if they win a couple of games or if they win their first game back on the Saturday, their tails are going to be up. And all of a sudden they look at our game as a potentially winnable game as well. And I think you're right. You look at the run we've got. So obviously it's Blackburn, Huddersfield, Bristol at home, obviously seven side Derby, Stoke away. Stoke aren't playing that well this season, but no one wants to go to Stoke on a, on a Saturday in November. Norwich at home, Norwich are a bit Jekyll and Hyde, Preston away. They've started losing games, but they're still third in the table. And all, you know, as you say, the league's competitive. The league is competitive, but as a team, we should be looking at these games and thinking we can get the results. And I think if we get the injuries back, then we should be okay. Um, you know, how does we've kind of covered off? Um, they've drawn four out of their last five. Um, how many points should we be targeting from these games, Ben? I think we've definitely got to be targeting six points of these. Um, both sides. I know Huddersfield suddenly become quite difficult to beat, um, but yeah, it's 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 a six points. We should be. Re- I, I'd be disappointed, not disappointed, but. Very hopeful of six points. Um, Tom? Four. Four? I think, yeah, I think, and I don't care which way it comes. I think if we get four points in two away games, I don't care who we're playing. I think that's a decent return. To be honest with you, I wouldn't be that disheartened with three. I think if we don't win either of those two games, that's when you start to lose that momentum that you had before the international break. Yeah, And I think we just need to avoid that situation. I, I You know... I still don't think we're going to be pushing for like automatic promotion or anything like that, despite my betting history. But, you know, I think, 
I, I think, like, I yeah, let's keep level-headed, and I think three or four points in those two games, and I'll be a happy man. I didn't realise Bristol, and this is complete distraction, Bristol are down in 14th. I th- you know, they're only two points behind us, but I thought the way people were talking were they were pushing promotion spots. Because people seem to be they digging started, up. They started well. They started really well, and they've kind of faded away. But, like, you know, if we get three points between Blackburn and Huddersfield, then three points between uh, Bristol and Stoke. If we get three points out of the Norwich and Preston games, and then we've got West Brom, Southampton, those two games where it gets tough again. But then all of a sudden it becomes back to Millwall, Birmingham. Like, it's the league is so open. I thought it was going to be a really tough league this year with three or four teams who just run away with it and everything else is is open. And it's kind of becoming that when you look at Leicester at the top of the table, Leicester are going to run away with it. Ipswich are eight points clear of third. But from third downwards, even even Sunderland leads, it's much of a muchness at the moment. Birmingham doing so well, sacking their manager. It could all go tits up there, couldn't it, Tom? That's a weird one. I didn't realise they were sixth. I thought they were like, they'd gone out of the playoffs and like gone to like 10th or something. And I looked this evening and yeah, they've won their last two games as well. And the local they, they well, really... well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, did you see the statement? They want to install a win at all costs mentality. Um, and I don't think John Eustace is the man to do that. I, I don't know anything about John Eustace other than he managed Birmingham. He was assistant at QPR, wasn't he? As well. He I just, it's, it's just a weird one. Um, there were, I was reading something this week. Um, I, can't, I can't remember where it was, but about there's some confusion over the ownership at Birmingham. Because obviously Tom Brady was linked earlier in the season, but he's not listed on any of their executive board or anything like that. And apparently they're breaching regulations about op- being open and transparent about who's on the board and who's on the ownership team of Birmingham. So they could already be facing trouble for their kind of dodginess. Um, Dodgy ownership which is exciting. Birmingham, that's traditional, isn't it? It is traditional, yeah. It is traditional. Um, right then, um, Tom, let's touch on the international break recently uh, while we're at it. Um, is it going to be fun? I don't know. Gibraltar doesn't exactly get your you know, your heart racing. I think that it, the fact that they've played in the Wales game in Wrexham is the only kind of story about it. Um, but I don't know. It feels like we're going to win 1-0 against Gibraltar. We'll come off like Charlie Savage's ass. And then we're gonna get battered by Croatia at home. <laughs> I'm I'm just waiting for the inevitable ticket sales are a bit shit a few days before, and Paul Mullin appears in the squad. They've sold out that game, so you're fine. Oh, it's sold out, is it? Arthur? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But oh, did you mean Wales or did you mean our players in international break? I realised I went straight into a no. Wales I meant break. I meant Wales. I felt like we had to talk about it a little bit, um, even though <laughs> I, my my enthusiasm for it is quite low. I could tell. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like I just. You know, I just you know before we had you know inspirational managers and and managers that kind of excited you a little bit. I you know Rob Page did a brilliant job to get us to the World Cup um, and all that kind of stuff, but since then he's he's not the most charismatic of men. It's fine, just um, watch Runderson, watch Runderson and Siopis and be done with it then. All right, I will. I will watch Siopis. There we then. There yeah, we I like Siopis. He's a nice man. Good. He's having a nice time in Greece. Look at it on Instagram. It's <laughs> um, time to plug alternative Wales and say that. They'll talk about it. I'd say talk about it properly, but yeah, I mean, always, it, yeah. you should always be listening to alternative Wales, Wales as well. Yeah, it's yeah. a great podcast run by great people. Friend of the pod, Ryan. Um, other good people on the pod. I never forget who's on there. It's like a rotating cast of people, um, but they're all good people. So you should be listening to alternative Wales um, and Kaus. 
And Kouse, love you, Tommy Kouse. Um, right, I think that's it, really, isn't it? We're kind of fading slowly. Um, I think we kept the energy up quite well, considering it's late at night. Uh, there's just one last thing to say, and that's thank you to everyone who voted for us in the Football Content Awards. Uh, voting closed on Sunday. Uh, there were 1.7 million votes, apparently, in the awards, and I think we took about 1.6 million of those. So I think we're pretty much a shoe-in to win that award. Uh, the ceremony takes place just over a month. Um, of course, we will be attending. We'll let you know if we win. Um, thank you for everyone getting involved on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash the FT Ninian. If you go to our Twitter page, you can find our link tree that links to our website, to our email, um, all that other good stuff. You can get involved giving us some money, ko-fi.com forward slash the FT Ninian. We do this for the love, not the money, but we like money. So if you want to give us some, please do. Tom, Ben, thanks for joining me once again. I'll let you go to bed now because it is late. Um, ben, I imagine you're a 10 o'clock bed, bedtime kind of guy. No, about 11-ish, but I'm knackered. Oh, and... Tom, what time do you normally go to bed? 10. 10. Ah, yeah. So we're keeping you up, really, aren't we? I could extend this out for a little bit longer. Just to... really ruin my uh, weekly routine, so thanks very much, guys. Yeah, cheers. Yeah, no, yeah so that's, that's how committed we are to the podcast, guys. Tom's throwing his weekly routine out the window on a Tuesday. He's ruined the rest of the week. But thank you once again for listening, and we'll be back ahead of the next game. Cheers. <laughs>